podcast i'm jacob birch and i had the foresight to know that the dodgers would make a trade today eric steven that's two puns in a row I'm that pouring, i've come up with i'm pouring a 40 out right now as, as we speak <laughs> uh so it's the day of the deadline kind of like we normally record on a tuesday so it's exciting that the deadline is actually on a tuesday this year yeah it was uh, very nice of them to like, yeah it's really to come to our schedule yeah you know why it's because we don't disseminate uh, the games as we we are all so attentive to do they rewarded us with this yeah uh, look yeah exactly. uh one trade the dodgers made i was firmly expecting not in names specifically but the kind of uh reliever they got and one one trade uh took me a little bit by surprise and i'm kind of excited to talk about it uh you want to you want to just jump into it sure as if it was uh the off season of 2017 the dodgers have acquired uh brian dozier from the minnesota twins who i saw uh, play on the TV. I was in Minnesota last week, so I got to see oh. him uh, kind of in a local action. And that, now he's in Dodger blue. I know just recently you were at a Royals game, but I think looking back, that was like something like a week and a half ago now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, that's um, I, I was I thought maybe you might have seen him at that game, but I, I didn't know who the Royals were playing. Or I guess it was the Indians, whatever. It was the Tigers. Anyway, it was two uh, really, really bad offenses. Uh, we don't want we don't need to talk about it. So bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like. Um, you know, the Dodgers were famously going after Dozier after 2016 because they, they needed a second baseman. And, um, you know, at the time, there's a lot of rumors out there like Jose De Leon was going to be a part of the package for sure. And then, like, uh, it was just a matter of, like, who the other one was. You heard, like, Brock Stewart was part of it. Then you heard other things where they wanted, like, Bellinger. And, mind you, it hadn't played in the majors at that point. Uh, Bellinger or uh, Walker Bueller. Um, so understandable the Dodgers didn't want to pay those prices for, for um, Dozier, and they, they just got away with, um, uh, you know, daily owned by himself for Logan Forsythe, who was sort of like, um, you know, in those previous two years, like in Tampa, no one was Brian Dozier, like hitting home runs. He set a, a record for like 42 home runs. By second baseman, but um, and then he hit like what thirty four the next year. So, but Forsyth was like a, a you know really good hitter in his own right for power, and that power just never materialized with with the Dodgers, and that's sort of why he was. That's why they wanted to continue to upgrade, um, and so he was part of the deal. Uh, they sent uh, Forsyth uh, and two minor leaguers, Devin Smeltzer, uh, who had a four seventy three ERA in Tulsa. Uh, and Luke Rayley, outfielder, first baseman, he had uh, you know a little bit over an 800 OPS, 17 home runs, also in Tulsa. Both of those guys drafted in 2016. So, I mean, you know, yeah, it's it was weird. Uh, I did not expect it either. Um, but yeah, so um, like what I guess what uh, what were your thoughts when you saw it? Did you? I know you said you were surprised, but like. I uh, right before we went on, I said I was surprised but not shocked. Uh, the Dodgers have, based on last year, clearly interested in Brian Dozier as a player. There's a lot something about them, uh, about him like they like. I mean, it's you know like a good hitting second baseman. Like what's not to like? But that right. said, that that the rumors were so strong 
uh, last season. Um, it was not a name linked to the Dodgers, so that didn't surprise me. It's a, a little weird just because you definitely thought if they were going to kind of make an unexpected trade, it might have been for a starting pitcher, even though they have a six-man rotation. Yeah. So it's, But that's it. like the depth has been the name of the game for the Dodgers since the Friedman uh, front office has kind of taken over that they they value the ability to do different things put rest guys a little bit more proactively uh take advantage of either traditional platoon splits like lefty versus righty which um i imagine you'll talk about uh dozier versus lefties um but also just maybe untraditional the guys it, it, guys approach works really well against some some pitcher in the game so um, the fact that they already are kind of deep and already kind of having to juggle these guys around and even more so when Justin Turner comes back, it, that didn't phase me so much. Um, so yeah, it was like when they, it happened, it was very much a, like, I was not expecting that, but it makes total sense for what this, this team's trying to do. Yeah. And like you, you mentioned guys moving around, like for instance, um, uh, you know, Turner, Justin Turner's on the deal right now. Manny Machado is playing third instead of short. So Chris Taylor's in short. So that and that means, and most nights or some nights, Cody Bellinger like tonight is in center, and then Max Muncy's at first, so it opens up second base. Uh, Kike Hernandez starting there tonight. Dave Roberts said before the game that you know Dozier's not going to be an everyday starter, but he's going to start a lot, like most you know versus lefties basically for sure at second, and then probably some versus righties. So um, I looked up a couple things. So the Dodgers second baseman as a whole, you know, it's obviously a mixed match of guys. A lot of Forsyth. Um, some Utley and some like Muncie recently mixed in there, but mostly those guys. But uh, hitting 211, 309, 315 with seven home runs. They're 14th in a 15 team National League um, in uh, average slugging and home runs. So, yeah. Um, uh, you know, the another, uh, oh yeah, so Dozier uh, against lefties. Um, He's not the best this year, but he's hitting like 247, 351, 371. But his career, uh, you know, 277, 356, 516. It's super fun to just say numbers on a podcast. But, like, you know, generally he's pretty good against, against lefties. Um, the other thing was, um, oh, you, you, yeah, uh, Dodgers against lefties um, are, are ninth in the NL and OPS. Like, they were they were tops in the majors last year. Um so like it's it's been a little bit down, but also in July, their OPS is like just barely over 600. So they've been not hitting at all like against lefties. So they kind of that's sort of I think I, I heard uh, I didn't go to the park today, but um, uh, Farhan Zaidi uh, spoke to reporters and one of the things he said was they were looking for a right-handed hitter and it didn't really matter what position it was. And it speaks to what you're talking about the depth and multi-positional guys. Um, you know, moving over, like they could have acquired almost any position and then just maneuvered accordingly. And it just happened to be they got a, a second baseman in Dozier. Um, for listeners who are curious or and don't know Dozier that well, he does have 82 games as a shortstop, which were in his rookie season. So don't expect <laughs> him, because a lot of the guys the Dodgers have acquired over the last three seasons have had either some or a great amount of positional flexibility. Uh, Dozier's not a guy, uh, not that guy. Um, I mean, especially if they had cried at him in the offseason last year, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of injected that into him during spring right. time. But right now I expect him to pinch it and to start at second. And that, that's yeah. it. Yeah, like made him into some sort of a second base, third base, first base uh, hybrid. <laughs> Catcher. Oh, and, and so speaking of pinch hitting, and while we're not disseminating information of a game that's in progress, um, 
Brian Dozier was traded. You know, the deadline was one o'clock p.m. Uh, Pacific time today, and he was the, the deal went down in like the last fifteen minutes of the deal, and he was like on a plane pretty quickly. Or I mean, you know, not on a plane, but like getting ready to go. Uh, <laughs> and and so he he came out. Uh, he just got to the park like now. Um, like Dodgers just tweeted out something like he he's like meeting Corey Seager in the dugout in the uh, clubhouse. So I would imagine we're this game's in the seventh inning right now. It's like possible he could pitch it tonight because they technically activated him because um, uh, Logan Forsythe went in the deal, so he just took his spot. Um, so it would be kind of funny if he like just shows up like, "Hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> hey, you want me to hit now? Okay." Like, <laughs> so well, who knows if he's going to pitch it? Uh, a couple other things on Forsythe. So um, he set the record with 42 home runs for second baseman in 2016. Then he hit 34 last year. And it was that thing with, like, you know, as we're watching sort of, like, Forsyth, like, sort of struggle, even though he still was getting on base last year. It was like, oh, man, could have had Dozier, that kind of a thing. You know, man, what did they miss out on? But, again, it's about who, who they gave up. But um, another thing with Dozier, uh, second half after the All-Star break, he hit 49 home runs total after the All-Star break the last two years. So uh, <laughs> 28. <laughs> That's ridiculous. In 2016. 28. And the, the All-Star break's, like, in – you know, it's not really that halfway point. It's like the 60% point or whatever. <laughs> there's only like, there's usually like 60 games or 65 games or something. So uh, it's pretty incredible that he hit 28 home runs one year after the break. But he, hit, he settled down and only hit 21 last year. So maybe the Dodgers are hoping for another uh, thing like that. But yeah, so going just going in the deal to, um, uh, to the Twins was Logan Forsythe, like I said. Um, he, he was bad. Like he was bad last year, like offensively, but it was like, at least he still got on base. That was like the one thing you could sort of count on. Um, but this year, just everything was terrible. Like um, 207, 270, 290. So like 211 plate appearances, his OP, wait, uh, what would you guess his OPS plus was? If you had to guess um, hundred is average. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Just for the listener. 80. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was 53. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I look, so uh, in the history of the Dodgers, dating back to 1884, players with 200 plate appearances, it's only the 53rd worst. Um, and only the only thing, only reason I bring that list up is because I always laugh at this like, um, seven of the worst 10 are Bill Bergen, who's <laughs> 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 like widely considered the worst hitter in history. And he was like this like defensive catcher. I'm like, imagine how much of a rep he had to have defensively as a catcher. I know that, like, the, um, uh, you know, times were different. And, right. You know, he probably you, you showed a lot of grit. Yeah, you didn't need offense from certain positions. But but still, like, to play, like, what? in fact, I want to pull this up just because it's so funny. Um, but anyway, like, you ha- imagine how, like, his reputation had to be so good to be that bad as a hitter um, to, to, like, still get jobs, basically. But I, I forgot because I <laughs> one of the a couple of his numbers are, are hilarious. Like I said, seven of, of the top ten, and um, this he was like turn of the century guy, so it was dead ball era, and he was still terrible. But um, it, well, guess guess what his his well okay I'll give you this. Uh, well you know no tell me this guess what his worst OPS plus was in a season of over two hundred PA nine. <laughs> No, he had, he had three seasons worse than that. 
the worst was negative four. <laughs> I before uh, I answer, I almost asked like, I, does OPS negative, plus right. be negative? Yeah, and I, <laughs> to be to be fair, I'm not exactly sure how what, <laughs> that that seems damn impossible, <laughs> damn near impossible. But um, <laughs> so that was 1911. So it was it was in a three year period, 1909, 1910, 1911. Um, he he had OPS pluses of one. <laughs> Six and then negative four. <laughs> oh, so like rest, rest in peace, uh, Logan Forsyth, Dodger career. But he, at least he wasn't as bad as Bill Bergen. Uh, oh yeah, as, but um, like as a, I'm sort of rambling here, but uh, the point I wanted to make about Forsyth too, like um, he wasn't, he had already sort of been relegated to uh, a more of a, a bench role. Like he only started eight of the last twenty six games, so like he was already not playing. So they, the Dodgers just basically acquired a guy they could more rotate in and, and are basically going to be more willing to play. Because it, it got to the point where Forsyth was uh, bad enough that they just weren't playing him. So that that's sort of, it, you know, it, it's pretty obvious. Like when you just look at it, like, man, these, uh, uh, you know, Forsyth numbers are really bad. So it's, the fact that they upgraded that, not a surprise. The more expected, like, I would have been shocked had the Dodgers not acquired some sort of reliever at the deadline and they did um you want to tell us about mr axford yeah and, and before we go into axford too oh. not to not to denigrate him i i just i i kind of thought they'd be more on the the higher end or like uh <laughs> yeah, i i, th- I thought yeah. I, I thought they'd be after like a bit of a bigger name or like i don't know not that he's bad but like um he's more like i don't know he has a 441 era 402 fifth 51 innings um the one thing he does well uh, he's a right-hander, and his lefties are only hitting like 147 against him with with no real, uh, not a lot of power, and um, you know they just don't get on base. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Uh, I think Zaidi said something about um, him possibly being one of the setup men. Uh, the one thing that was sort of interesting, um, you know, everyone's always trying to be like, uh, who's the next Moro? As if he was like. Um, you know, some entrenched guy with the Dodgers. He played, basically pitched for them for four months. And, but anyway, you know, he was clearly like the setup guy. So the, I, I will, from, uh, Bill Plunkett tweeted this out. This was from Zaidi earlier today. I'm just quoting Zaidi here. Um, I don't know what, uh, that we're going to evolve into a team that has a pure eighth inning guy as opposed to matching up and then playing out the end of the game that way. So if you think about it in those terms, like they're just trying to like give themselves options it's going to be interesting um, down the stretch because what this move basically says is like, a obviously Jansen is a given, but like they're confident in like just sort of the that they'll figure it out in the next two months, like with what they have. Like a that Julio Urias is coming back. Uh, he he technically started his rehab assignment on Monday. He, he's pitching in the Arizona League, so within like thirty days you have to make a decision on that. So. Um, that's, that's interesting. Um, he was apparently hitting 94 in the, in the game. So that's someone they could bring in as a multi-inning guy in the bullpen. Um, one, you know, one or more of the starters, like they have six starters plus Ryu, uh, Ross Stripling, uh, was, has struggled recently and he just went on the DL with, uh, right toe inflammation, which sounds like, sounds like plantar fasciitis. It sounds like back spasms, it's, you know, that kind of, it's, that sounds like, hey, I needed a rest, that kind of a thing, <laughs> or a forced rest. Um, but um, 
yeah, he, he pitched 70 innings last year. He wasn't going to pitch 150 to 170. So it makes sense that they're they're giving him a little bit of a break. But, yeah, so, like, you know some of the – and Maeda was so great as a bullpen guy. So you know some of these guys are going to be in the bullpen and then because they're only going to use four starters in the postseason. So I think that's what their plan is going to be. And we saw that with the Astros a little bit. I know the Astros, look, they won the World Series, but, like, Ken Giles was terrible um, last year and, like, to the fact where he lost his job. And, like, um, uh, uh, A.J. Hinch didn't really have a lot of guys he could trust. And so a lot of games, they like they just would go – they had like that uh, Lance McCullers and Brad Peacock where um, if they were just working that night, they'd let them throw like four innings in relief. And that we could see like sort of the Dodgers using some sort of approach like that um, in the postseason. I don't know if it's going to be that extreme, but something like that um, could be what we see down the stretch. But um, the one other notable thing about Axford, um, he is like notorious for he's a he's a big film buff. And uh, he picked his um, uh, famously in, in 2014. I, I looked this up because I knew I wrote about it for SB Nation a couple years ago, and uh, I, I looked up the years since then. But he was he picked all he uh, 18 out of 18 in his Oscar picks in 2014. Wow. Yeah, and so then you know, the, like he doesn't pick every category, but to go to go 18 deep, like and pick it's basically the main ones. And then, you know, some other things, but 18 for 18. But uh, since 2013, six Oscars, um, uh, 80%, basically, he's nailed. <laughs> so he, the guy the guy knows his film, he watches him, so, and he's coming to Hollywood. So pretty we, interesting. You need to get him on the podcast in the offseason. I, I don't care if he's a Dodger anymore. You and I do be, our, our Oscar episode every well, year. So That would be pretty good, actually. If, or even, yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll work on that, and we should do it. <laughs> Uh, let's get into a little bit of the minutia, uh, that you're, you're, you're a little, you're well known for this, knowing, knowing this when maybe some other beat reporters don't, uh, first, uh, yeah, let's start with the luxury tax. Uh, obviously the Dodgers sending Forsyth the other way, um, no cash changed hands in that trade, right? Right. Uh, but sending Forsyth the other way should help equal things out, but, um, I'm not sure what the exact numbers are and I bet you do. Yeah. So like, um. It's uh, it, it, a weird thing. So, like, um, for, uh, Forsyth is making $9 million this year. Uh, it was, a, like, an option, a one-year pickup. So, just, like, a, um, for all intents and purposes, it's a one-year deal. Dozier's making $9 million this year. But, so, in, in a cash standpoint, they're neutral. Um, but since Dozier is in the final year of a four-year $20 million extension that he signed a few years back with Minnesota, his – uh, luxury tax counts average annual value. So every year for the last four years, his average has been, or his, his CBT, his, his competitive balance tax number, has been $5 million. Just like Matt Camp, like he's making, uh, his deal was $160 million over eight years. So every year it's his CBT number is $20 million, uh, even though like this year he's getting paid $21.5 million. So that's sort of what we're dealing with. So what the, the Dodgers ended up gaining luxury in luxury tax because uh, Forsyth was a nine million dollar number, and um, and and uh, Dozier is a five million dollar number. So they went down there, but it's all prorated. So there's only there's 62 days left in the season. So we're, you're looking at something like um, uh, I think they saved about about 1.3 million for the the rest of the way on the luxury tax. So that that helps them a little bit. Um, uh, Axford's making a million and a half, so it's saving roughly a third of the season. 
So they added about um, just shy of like 500,000 in hit with him. Um, so I have, you know, I keep an estimate. It has a lot of minutia in there. Some of it's assumptions, but like, honestly, like it's, uh, so those assumptions there aren't going to materially affect everything. Like if one guy, some of the guys, I just don't know the salaries of, but it's all like near minimum guys. So I, some of them, I assume like 600,000, they could be making like 575 in the grand scheme of things. Not going to, it's not going to move the needle, but like, so the number I have for them estimated right now is 191.2 million. Um, the threshold is 197 and uh, we know they're trying to stay under that to reset the luxury tax. We talked about that before. Um, the one thing that this, they're going to have to keep looking at is the Kenta Maeda bonuses. Um, he's at 98 in the third innings, 18 starts. He, he has like a couple more start bonuses. Like uh, the big one, or he has a big one at 30 starts, which is one and a half million. So I doubt he's going to get 12 more starts just because of the time left in the season. They have, uh, you know, less than 60 games. So that's not likely. Um, but also the, like that's a million and a half and it's probably not going to happen. Um but if he gets to 20 and 25, that's an extra two and a half billion. And then let's say if he gets to like 150 innings, um, that's another million and a half. So if we conservatively, or we just, we just assume Maeda's going to earn another 4 million, um, we're at like 195.2. So they're already really close. And then I went even further and sort of looked at it like um, the guys on the DL are already getting paid. So they don't, like once they come off the DL, it doesn't really affect much. There might be a guy like, um, who gets sent to the minors, but it, like I said, it's going to be a minor sort of uh, effect or effect. But um, let's they have nine guys on the 40 man right now who are just option to the minors. So let's say all nine of them come up for all 30 days in September. Not going to happen because usually the minor league schedule runs to like the fifth. So, but just if we just assume that like 30 days, all nine guys, let's say they're earning like. 550,000 or something. It's roughly like 800,000 to bring all of them up. And we've seen the Dodgers play with like a 30, 37 to 39, 40 man roster in September in recent years. So it's not unlikely. So if we, if we add that up to, and it already includes like the benefit numbers and all that, that mean that puts them at roughly 196 million. So they really only have like a million dollars of wiggle room. And again, I'm making some assumptions here. So they might have a little bit less or a little bit more. So they're, <clears throat> they're basically up against the tax. Like, they could conceivably trade for someone still in August in a waiver deal, but like it would require some maneuvering, I think, unless it's like they could get another Axford type um, who is on a smaller deal. But like, uh, you know, it's not, I don't think they're going to be in the, in the uh, mix for like an impact guy unless they get significant salary, like moving the other way. So the other bit of minutia I wanted to talk about is uh, just corresponding 40 man move. Oh yeah. So as of now, um, nothing. Because, um, so, like, Axford still has some time to report. So, I don't think he's going to sh- be there till Friday. So, we're recording this on a Tuesday. So, they don't really technically have to do anything till then. Uh, as uh, Speaking of not disseminating information, um, Brian Dozier is in the Dodger dugout right now. They're just showing him on the telecast. So, not game action, but he's the fact that he exists in the dugout is a thing. So, uh, and it's it's the it's the top of the ninth, so in theory uh, he could pinch it in the bottom of the ninth if they want him to. Um, but yeah, so no no forty man move just yet, but something is going to happen Friday, and and since it's Axford, it's probably just going to be uh, another pitcher like heading going to the minors, something like that. Okay. Uh, 
finding my notes. So the, that covers the 40-man and covers the current roster. Uh, a pretty good Dodger infielder is on the DL right now in Justin Turner. Right. Uh, who, who, what, who, what, where, <laughs> who goes? Yeah. I'm looking at the active roster right now, and especially the offense, and I got I got nothing for you. And that makes, like, you were saying that if they did get a bat, um, it, along with Forsyth, either outright getting released or getting traded, um, possibly another outfielder going would make yeah. sense. So I... Like, like- yeah, like I figured, they if they were in the mood, if like they were in the market for like a starting pitcher or something, or like uh, that, I figured one of the outfielders would go just to sort of create that room. But like it didn't. So, at, like right now, like you said, they're they they've been playing with eight eight pitchers and or eight relievers and thirteen pitchers for most of the year. So they only have a twelve man offense, um, four man bench. So it's been a little um, you know lean in that area but now like they legitimately have like 13 guys who deserve a spot <laughs> and um, like I said um, like Austin Barnes is the worst hitter hitter of yeah, the group I was about to say since we last talked uh, Kiki Hernandez uh, pitched you know yeah all right so he's he hasn't done catcher yet maybe they just send Austin Barnes <laughs> down for a little bit there, there it is so <laughs> I, I mean, uh, you know I send like a rough outline of the, of the show to you. And then, like, usually after, I, I write down more notes. So it's, like, my sort of to-do list during the thing. And one of the notes I wrote for this was, you have to have a catcher. Like, <laughs> like a, a second catcher, basically. So, like, you can't send Barnes. Like, you could, in theory, you could Ichiro Utley. But, like, they're not, like, they're not going to, like, make him go away. Like, you know, like, they want him there. So, like, I guess it could be, like, a Phantom DL type of a situation. But they they clearly like want him around like um, for the main stuff. So like uh, I don't think that's a possibility. So the other thing is possibly like down to twelve pitchers, and like by the time like Turner's going to be, um, he's supposed to be activated like this weekend, like you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday type thing. So they, it, you know, you're talking to you. Do you go on a whole month with twelve pitchers? I doubt it. So something is going to happen, and it'll be interesting. Like. Uh, earlier in the season when Bellinger was struggling, like the option Bellinger, I, I mean, I think you're in the right to stay. And obviously they thought so too. He's slumping again now, but like, you don't, I don't think you option him now. He's like, he's, he's almost one of the keys like to this whole thing, like being able to play first and center field and like the, it gives him so much flexibility and it's, and he's good on defense. Like, you know, Max Muncy can like play second and stuff, but he's, he's not good. He, they, his bat just needs to be in there basically. So, uh, it's it's going to be an interesting decision what they do. The obvious move before obviously was to dump Forsyth, and that was you could see that coming a mile away. But now they don't really have like an obvious move, so it's going to be that that's going to be something to watch like um, in the next week or so. And we'll uh, I've got a pack of baseball cards I want to open at the to end the episode since oh, we sweet. don't have a question from Craig. But before we get that, let's just touch base. Uh, speaking of Kiki Hernandez uh, mm. and and silly things uh, during the Braves season. Uh, season series. Um, play by play, color, color guy, color guy for the Braves. Uh, Joe Simpson got really mad uh, over um the Dodgers attire and bullpen, bullpen batting practice. Man, I'm all over the place today. <laughs> um, so what's interesting about this from my perspective is I was in Minnesota during um at, during this game and after the comments kind of started going viral. So I just saw people's reaction to it. I couldn't actually watch the video. So I'm like, okay, Kike must have worn like the banana suit or something. Right. So my reaction is still grow up. Like 
like who cares like come on now like people are gonna having fun but i assumed it was something actually you know worthwhile getting riled up about arguably and then i watched the video and it's <laughs> the t-shirts right <laughs> like, what like, on earth yeah, yeah and so like uh <laughs> I, well the the thing that got me about it was like just the serious tone. Yeah. That, like, uh, and that was the other thing. Oh, maybe it was just a quick flippant remark. And then whatever. Like, like who cares? Yeah, he, it's he, delivered it, he delivered it like he was Walter Cronkite. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> talking about, like, the death of a, uh, you know, of a statesman or something. I, I love but, the line. He delivers the line, unprofessional, and then, like, a perfectly executed button happens. And they have to, like, oh, right. very yeah, quickly oh say, a uh, really good button. But anyway, it's the uniforms. <laughs> but, but the, and so the thing that got me to, like, so Simpson, he goes, I want you to look at some things that were going on in batting practice here with the Dodgers. <laughs> and then they cut to, like, a, a produced piece of, like, uh, footage. So, like, they, this was like a, it wasn't like an off-the-cuff, like, hey, did you see them in batting practice? That was weird, huh? It was like they they got they thought they had like a gotcha moment or something where they had we'll show them with this secret footage we got you know and uh, and it so it was um, it was uh, Max Muncy and then uh, Justin Turner and uh, Chase Utley was in the clip all were wearing different T-shirts Utley was wearing the um, K strike, Cancer shirt Strikeout Cancer uh, How dare he Yeah which like. Yeah, and so, and like, that adds another layer to it, right? He's wearing a shirt that, like, raises money to help fight cancer. What a monster, you know? And then also, oh, yeah, it's Chase Utley who, like, everyone outside of, like, Mets fans and Wilmer, and uh, not Wilmer Flores, uh, God, I forgot the I forgot the guy's, the second baseman's name that he ended, Ruben Tata. And um, so everyone outside of those guys, like, adores Chase Utley. So, like, the fact that you're, he's one of the guys you're singling out. And then one of the things that... Um, Simpson said too was like, um, well, like they don't, they're not wearing like, they don't have names and numbers. So like the fans who are there to CBP don't know who they are. First of all, if you see Justin Turner, you know who Justin Turner is because <laughs> he has a big red beard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and then also the, the he, oh man, he uh, he was Chase uh, uh, Utley had like his pants above his knees, like, and then I think Chip Carey. He since deleted his Twitter account because he realized he was uh, <laughs> off the rails. But like he, I, he, I, I laughed at one of his things. He called it, uh, I think he said like capri, capriing his pants up or something. <laughs> I just thought that was great. But it was all like nonsense, right? And then, but then it, it was sort of funny because like not funny, but Dave Roberts after the game is like, what the like, <laughs> like he got really mad because like you're questioning our professionalism, really? Like so, and like the next day. Um, uh, Joe Simpson apologized. They issued a formal apology on the air, I think, the next night. But the next morning, like, he uh, he apologized to Chase Utley, I think, but not Dave Roberts. Uh, you know, whatever. So I, I wrote about it for SB Nation, but, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just so dumb. Like, um, <laughs> like the fact that he said, like, Walter Austin would be rolling over in his grave was another thing. It's like, because Joe Simpson played for the Dodgers in, uh, from, like, 76 to 83, I think. So or 75. So like Walter Austin, as an example, like right. Great manager, hall of fame manager, but like his last game manager in 1976. So you're clinging to a, a, <laughs> a, a guy who's, who last was in the game 42 years ago. Like, so that should tell you, like my big thing with these, like, and it's, I don't want to single Joe Simpson out, but he's part of it. Um, it. It's like when a fan says, Hey, I've been a fan for X amount of years. So I should have more weight. Like, well, if you've been a fan for this long, 
and you don't recognize how the game has changed, like that's on you, you know, like uh, you can't just cling to like everything was great in the old days and it should go back to that. Like it's just tired. Like my big thing too about announcers and especially on the national side, but also just in general, everyone uh, complains about how baseball should market itself better. Well, one of the ways is get announcers who give a damn, like who, who are, aren't spending their time, like telling how bad the game is and they should be, like saying how great the game is and propping it up. And sure, like they can obviously have opinions and things like that, but this was just dumb and silly. So I just thought it was kind of ridiculous and just, it was so bizarre. Like it was funny in many ways, but like it was just like, God, so annoying really too. Where do you open this pack? I absolutely am. Okay, so this is a 1992 Upper Deck Ooh. Collector's Choice High Series pack. Oh man, all Ready? right. Okay. So the game we're going to play is, um, I'm going to read off the names real quick. If you have any questions on what team they were, what position they were listed as, feel free to ask. And I'm just going to okay. ask you to pick the player to build the team with based on oh. uh, 1992 statistics. And I've got the Fangraphs War page up. So okay. I'm going to tell you if you were right or not, okay? I'm going to take notes as we go. Okay. Uh, do I get to guess the, um, the team if you give me the name? Uh, sure, you can do that. Okay. Man, this is, man, these packs are like they're not sorted right. Like some, they're upside down. Uh -huh. This is weird. Um. Uh, okay. Um, Ricky Henderson. Uh, uh this was this is ninety two. Yeah. Uh, A's. Yeah. Dan Wilson. Yeah. Um. Oh, is he Mariners? I guess Mariners. Uh, Reds. Oh, he was still Reds. Okay. Okay. Ron Karkovice. Uh White Sox. Uh, correct. Uh, Mike Greenwell. Ooh, well, he's uh, Red Sox. Yep. Yeah. Luis Rivera. Luis Rivera, wow. Was he a Yankee? Red Sox. Damn, okay. Shane Mack. Uh, that's a twin. No, wait, was he a Padre? No, he's a twin. Twin is right. Dave Stewart. Yeah. Uh, this is oh, so the season is 91. Yeah, 80, 80. I th think he was still at A, correct. Steve Howe, by then he was a Yankee, correct. Uh, Gary Carter, uh, 90. Oh, wow. Um, Dodger, uh, Expo. Oh, he went back by then. Okay, Ken Hill, um, Expo. Was he a, was he a cardinal then? And, sorry, uh, I, I dropped, said expo. I dropped a card. He was an expo. Okay. Uh, well, who was who was the one after Dave Stewart? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Steve Howe. Okay. Uh, oh, Pedro okay. Munoz. Munoz. Wow. Um, is he a twin? Uh, yep. Uh, Keith Miller. Uh, Brave. Uh, Royal. Okay. Mike Gallego. Um, okay, hey, uh, Yankee. Okay, Brett Seberhagen. Okay, so Royal Great, but let me see here. Uh, I wonder. I don't think he was on the Mets yet. Let's say it's still ninety-one. I, I think he's still on the Royals. Uh, is a Met. Damn it. Okay, Andres Galarraga. Uh, Big Cats. Oh, I think still in Montreal. Uh, Cardinal. Damn it. So you need to 
pick up now. So uh, the Ricky Henderson card is not his actual card. It's a best oh, base a... runner card. So okay. I'm try, I'm trying to. It's I'll give you a hint. He's who you should pick. Um, <laughs> I was I, I was gonna pick him no matter what. Uh, but I, I'm tempted. So I want to say no. We shouldn't count him and let me find someone else. But finding the next person may be a little tough. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna try to look. Yeah, it, and we're just going by um, by Fangrass War. War. Um, ninety-one. Um, oh wait, is this who I should have gotten? Ninety-two. This is or is it? This is this. I'm I am looking at ninety-two. I think I found uh-huh. the name, and it sort of surprises me, but I, I might be wrong. Okay, like I I, I think I'm just gonna say Colorado. Uh, I believe it is Ken Hill. Okay, yeah, he he was awesome, like uh, for a while, uh, and like he was like probably the or yeah, probably the ace or, or like close to it of the '94 Expos, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I guess I didn't realize he was that good then too so yeah we had had, like a lot of times we opened this pack and you know i was i was six when during the season so i my memory is certainly not not authoritative by any stretch but usually often i i I know like two people in the pack and i knew i knew most of these names so i'm pretty yeah this was this is like a pretty good um group that's like well you have like um well i guess well two hall famers and then like dave stewart was four-time 20 game winner steve howe uh, former Dodger, not you know, famous for a drug overdose, basically. But uh, Saber Hagen was awesome. Two times Cy Young winner. Yeah, that's good. That's a good pack. So hopefully those cards are worth millions, and I'm a millionaire right now. I, I, know I think clearly, as long as you're, I'm assuming you're putting them in um, some sort of hermetically sealed case right. now. No, I've got I've got plenty of sleeves around, being the the magic player that I am. So sure, I'll find sure. some. It'll be go. It'll be fun. Nice. Well, I think that'll probably do it for us. Uh, we don't have any um, institutional type things like All Star Game trade deadline next week. It's just going to be sort of a normal week. We'll see. Um, the Dodgers are probably they're coming out of their um, sort of hell stretch of schedule by then, so we'll have a better idea of where they sort of stand. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>